0: This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your male hormone health? With Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in five days. Phil, did you know that in the last 40 years, healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50% globally?
1: I did not know that. Wow.
0: Are you concerned about that?
1: Yes, I am concerned.
0: Yes, you should be. Hormonal imbalances and reduced levels of testosterone are becoming a huge concern for men these days. Myself included, and it sounds like you too. Male hormones are important, Phil, for a number of different functions, such as sperm production, maintaining a healthy sex drive, and maintaining muscle strength and mass. Some of the main symptoms of hormonal imbalances include, stop me when any of this starts sounding familiar, Phil, low energy or fatigue, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive or libido, check, you're checking all these off, All of them. Yep. Infertility. Uh, I'm just waiting for you here. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Anxiety, depression, bloating, and headaches. So we want to make sure that we are getting these things checked. How does this process work? Your test is delivered straight to your door. You just have to self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail the sample back to their accredited laboratory in the prepaid label, and receive support and guidance from the LGC medical team who are available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice you need to know your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with the 30% discount code PAINCAVE30, that's P-A-I-N-C-A-V-E 30. Let's get checked, it's good to know. Hello, and welcome to the pain cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host and I am very excited to be joined tonight by my regular co-host, my partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawan Gunk Express, the Don Draper vulture running. He is the Hayden Hawks to my Hayden Christensen. Phil Vondra. Welcome back to the pain cave.
1: It's good to be here. I thought you were going to be my Helena Christensen, but that'll uh, uh, I'll do. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back in the pain cave. Been away a little bit, but uh, we're back
0: we are back it is really good to see you uh you've been away for a couple weeks and we'll get into that in just a second um but uh yeah ultra running is kind of happening again i guess
1: kind of back right yeah kind of places here and there you can't put us down
0: you can't you can't keep a good ultra runner down so we're back to chat it up again as is our want in a Newish edition of This Month in Ultra Running. This is going to be this several months in ultra running. But you know what? We're not going to talk too much about much of anything except for the race that you did most recently.
1: We don't like to dwell too much on the past, do we? are <laughs> forward thinking.
0: Before we get started, Phil, what are you drinking tonight?
1: So <clears throat> I did a little rundown to Equilibrium Brewing today, and I got myself a few cans of their finest. I'm drinking a Fractal Lab tonight. Uh, it's a Northeast IPA. One of their specialties. Really good. it nice. and potato hops. Yeah, real tasty. Going very nice in my pizza.
0: Do you have like a an account down there Do that you just like put it on my tab?
1: I think at this point they are contemplating it. I'm going to get uh, wholesale uh, wholesale prices fairly soon.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I am going to open, I'm going to go even more local than you. I'm going to open a Yard Owl Chouette Dior.
1: sweet. Yeah.
0: So, there we go. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Okay. I wasn't ready for that. Ooh. Kind of sour or? Yeah. More sour than I was ready for. It's good. It's so good. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was, (laughs) that was a bit of a shock. Um, okay. Awesome. Can you hear the uh,
1: water running in the background? Um, I mean, I did hear the sound like, uh, that you made a rather large flush.
0: Yeah. Somebody flushed. Oh, so I'm glad that's showing up on the audio. Fantastic.
1: Uh, but, uh,
0: good. That's great. That's great stuff. Good to know, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. This is the joys of podcasting in the basement and remotely, remotely in the basement.
1: Right next to the sewer, (laughs) right next to the sewer. We can talk about that later.
0: (laughs) So Phil, the main part, uh, the main uh, thing we wanted to discuss on the show tonight is your recent epic run down in Tennessee and one of the first races back on the schedule. Um, Before we get into that, uh, you know, like we said, the the ultra scene has been starting to kind of slowly wake up from a prolonged slumber here. Um, I don't know that there's much in terms of big races or anything that we wanted to, to discuss. You know, we've been seeing some small results trickle in here and there. I, I, and, uh, you know, I think what we've been seeing is is a lot of fields that are much smaller than we're used to seeing at some of these races. Obviously, that's no surprise given what's been going on in yeah. the country and everything else. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on some of the recent races that have been going on just because I think it's it's going to be hard to place them in context. and. Uh, you know, with, with the, the kind of fields that we've been seeing or the field sizes that we've been seeing, I just don't know how meaningful they are. And it's just been hard to kind of pay attention. But yeah. the, the the main thing that's been going on in kind of the ultra running world is kind of the FKTs. And, uh, you know, I read a, an article on 538.com the other day, which is, you know, generally a political and statistical website, but they, they actually had a, a whole post on kind of the explosion of FKTs um, and the, the number of uh, roots and and different things that have been submitted to uh, the fkt.com site recently. It's it's like the growth is you know exponential, obviously, in the past six months, unsurprisingly. And we've been seeing new roots go down, new new roots being posted, and 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 you know some famous roots going down over the past few weeks and months. Without dwelling too much on this, what what has kind of stood out to you? There were a couple that I noticed that were big ones, and I, I think for me the biggest that I've seen, uh, domestically was the, uh, long trail in Vermont, Joe a string ticked that one yeah. down. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he really destroyed it and it looked yeah. like, it looks like he had to dig pretty deep for it, but it was not close. I mean, he put a hurting on that record.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was impressive. I mean, he, he's really impressive. I mean, he, he specializes in that kind of stuff. That's uh, that was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. I think uh the other big one that uh, that you mentioned earlier was um the Nolan's 14 right and that's that's a competitive one because it's been a bunch of very very good people that have tried that over the years yep and you know, it's uh it's certainly one that gets some of the top kind of athletes involved yeah and that that's a that's
0: a route that like you said uh, and 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 it's a very difficult route that not everyone is successful on even at completing yeah. i mean i know yeah uh, you know, some of the greats have taken shots at, at that record and have, you know, not even finished the route for various, you know, weather related things, altitude related things. And it, it, that's no joke. And, uh, both the men's and the women's record went down within the past couple of weeks or, or month or so. And not by, not by big names either. Joey Campanelli taking down the the record, running it unsupported, uh, in, I think the northbound direction and, and took down basically every record in every direction, supported, unsupported, self-supported. That is the fastest in, in uh, a little less than two days, the fastest uh, completion of Nolan's 14 by anyone in any direction. Yeah. And, you know, not, not someone who I'm terribly familiar with. So that was, that was crazy. And that was just within the last couple of weeks. And um, then about a week later, uh, Sarah Hansel taking down the unsupported female record, also going uh, northbound. One of, one of the, you women to uh, finish Nolans at all, and uh, she is an East Coaster, not not from altitude or anything like that. I I, I think I read somewhere this was her third attempt at Nolans. She had DNF twice. You know, not sure why she kept coming back or what about it. You know, was was so attractive to her. But you know, good for her for for taking that one down.
1: Yeah, very impressive. I, you know, I think it's one of those things. It really. Suits a certain type of mountain runner, you know. I think there's a decent amount of climbing on it, it's super technical in parts. Obviously, it's at altitude. Um, it's uh, yeah, very hard undertaking. It looks, it really looks cool. I mean, the pictures I've seen of it, it's pretty you know, rugged mountain terrain,
0: right? Right,
1: there's no real easy stretch. I think there's a few bits where you're kind of running on it, but. A lot of it is very hard to terrain
0: yeah it's a lot of scrambling i think i mean you really need you, you really need some climbing skills it's is what it sounds like and it, it does not sound like a picnic by any stretch um so yeah. yeah i mean that's just kind of like i said that's just scratching the surface of what we've been seeing in the fkt world but to see that go down for both the men and the women in the last couple of weeks and and i mean yeah taking down you know a, a record by alex nichols who's a podium finisher at western states and a multi-time yeah. champ at run rabbit i mean you know there's
1: as well yeah area
0: yeah uh, internationally a name that we talk about quite a bit is your favorite guy john kelly
1: yeah amazing right pennine way i think he broke that record it so was it's like um it's like a 20 year old record or something 30 year old record 31
0: years old yeah
1: right and he took it down by like 40 minutes did he yeah, 40 yeah.
0: minutes that was t- It it was, it was about 40 minutes uh, on a 268 mile uh, route. So that that's, yeah, that's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, someone's on route right now, trying to break that record. Really? So a few days after, I think Damian Hall, maybe his name is Uh, Damian, uh,
0: Damian Hall's uh, Yeah. British ultra runner. Who's been top 10 at UTMB in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's on course right now. Trying to, trying to take down the uh, record from uh, John.
0: Wow. Wow. Now,
1: pennine way and the
0: the spine race is that does that run the entirety of the pennine way is that basically the same course
1: it does yeah um it goes south to north so finishes in scotland just over the border okay uh starts in um uh i think it's edale or yedale or something like that and then finishes in kirk your home okay which is over the border into scotland so uh, pretty, it's a cool route. I mean, when I was a kid, I hiked some of those those trails, uh, you know, just for fun backpacking with friends. Beautiful area.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so John's time now faster also than than the course record at the spine race as well. I and mean, he has the men's course record, uh, as yep. we know. Jasmine Paris, the the overall course record there, um, but yep. but now the fastest known time belongs to to John as well uh, yep. under under Jasmine's time by by a significant margin, I, I think.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually look at it, but, um, I, it, I mean, it must be probably a, de- a decent margin, I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that may only last until you get there next year.
1: Yeah. When I have a crack at it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see. Yes. Uh, assuming I'm we're. Hoping I'll even be able to get there. I'm right. not even sure it's possible at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully.
0: Yeah. A lot of uncertainty, but, but we'll see there. So, ooh, excuse me. So those are some of the things that we've been uh, following a little bit. And like I said, that's just scratching the surface. You mentioned Damien Hall out on the course right now trying to break that record. Uh, we're also potting right now in the midst of Jim Wamsley's assault on the Hard Rock course record. Um, last, I saw, last I saw, he was approaching Handies, and he was still about an hour under Killian's uh, record pace.
1: Wow. So do we think Killian's going to come out of retirement if he breaks this record? (laughs) He's there, you know, in uh, Norway, getting all kind of Sweden, wherever he lives.
0: (laughs) He doesn't sound uh, terribly healthy, according to Instagram right now.
1: No, he's a little, a little uh, beat up.
0: Yeah, he's a little dinged up. It sounds like, you know, doing, uh, he couldn't really get out in the mountains. He was running a lot of flat, fast stuff, and it sounds like... uh, that that's kind of beating him up a little bit. He said he's he's climbing really well right now, but uh, on flats he's he's still struggling with with some some uh, pain. So hopefully he'll get well soon.
1: I'll teach him. Apparently he ran a ten k a few months ago. I saw it's, that. Yeah, you know,
0: on a track, Six. I think, right?
1: Yeah, it was fast, right? Was he under thirty minutes? I think he was under thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. pretty decent.
0: Yeah, probably at altitude too.
1: Yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, Jim's. Jim's going well. I mean, I think he had a huge week last week. Apparently, he had a 48000 feet of climbing week. Oh, my God. Doesn't really sound like a great way to set yourself up for a hard rock FKT, but what would I know? <laughs> he says he's stuffing pizza in his gob, drinking beer.
0: <laughs>
1: I know about recovery.
0: Well, speaking of recovery, that'll transition us into the main import of this episode, which is you did, as we said, travel down to Tennessee, and you're currently sequestering yourself from going to a mild hotspot, although you were in pretty rural Tennessee for the most part.
1: Yeah, and I am in quarantine right now.
0: Yep, yep. How's it going over there at uh, at Brian's place?
1: (laughs) Oh, I picked up, uh, you know, 50 cans of beer from Equilibrium today, so... (laughs) I'm making I'm making the best of a bad thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly right. So
0: you went down to run the last annual Vol State 500K. This yep. was this is for for those who don't know uh, another of Laz's brain children. You know, obviously Laz, the creator and director behind Big's Backyard and Barkley. And, uh, and the Vol State, which is a 314 mile, uh, basically diagonal crossing of the state of Tennessee. Uh, this race has been around for, I want to say about 15 years, maybe a little more I think
1: that's about right. Yeah. About 15.
0: And, uh, yeah, it's a 314 mile race. It is a continuous race. It is for the vast majority of participants, uh, self-supported or as, as Laz likes to say, you're either crude or you're screwed. But uh, for, for the the majority of of uh, runners who are in the screwed category, this means you're carrying whatever you might want and anything else you might need. You have to buy. So there's always pictures of folks in WalMarts and gas station convenience stores and all kinds of stuff looking for food, gear, somewhere to sleep, uh, or whatever it is.
1: Sometimes you also find you're carrying things that you don't want. <laughs>
0: So, uh, normally, State has about 100 to 120 starters this year. It was about half that, a little over 60, I think.
1: Um, It was, I think, 66 starters this year, maybe 68, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And of those, I think 50 or so were in the the screwed division, as you were. And uh, only about 15 to 16 were were crude, I believe.
1: Yeah, something like that. It's, uh, It's... Close, I think. Yeah.
0: And let's not bury the lead here. You, uh, in your first multi-day effort, took third overall and first among the screwed runners. Yeah. So congratulations for that. And we we wanted to hear all about it and kind of get into how this whole thing went down and especially what happened over the last 12 to 24 hours because it really turned into a bit of a sprint finish after, uh, you know, five and a half days of racing
1: yeah i mean you know i heard about this race i think it was when we were doing one of our podcasts you know we were talking about results and i saw this kind of weird race and you know i thought well this kind of looks kind of interesting it looks kind of crazy i mean who would do this stupid stuff (laughs) um and you know i mean the kind of the spark was there in my brain my small brain and i was thinking you know more and more about this race and the more i got to know about it you know the more i was kind of interested in it i mean I think one of the things I thought was amazing was when I was looking through the the rules, rule number six is if you're picked up by law enforcement. Um, you're, you're allowed for them to take you away and book you for whatever, or do whatever, as long as they drop you back where they picked you up, you can carry on. I was like, I think that's such a fantastic rule in any race that if you get arrested, as long as they drop you back, you're okay.
0: Are you allowed um, to, are you allowed to, uh, tell them what you're doing? You're allowed to mention the fact that you're in the race or is it like they give you a cyanide capsule in case that you're about to crack, you just no, pop the cyanide to- castle and you're good.
1: Definitely, you know, a, a, quite a few law enforcement guys are kind of interested in what's going on. You see this like uh, kind of hobo type uh, character skulking along by the side of the road, looking, looking all drawn and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, deranged at some points. Um, but uh, I didn't have any interactions with any really, except they, they kind of viewed me with some curiosity. But I know some people, you know, the, the, you know that were sleeping by the side of the road got kind of asked what they were doing. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that the police on that area—they get to know—they know what's going on after a while.
0: So take us through this: uh how this this whole thing went down. There was obviously some concern as to whether or not that race was even going to happen, obviously with all that's going on. And and I know, kind of last minute, they kind of left it up to you guys as to whether or not you want it to happen or not. And um I guess enough people were were in for it to to move forward, and, and a couple of people got added. Uh, at the last second, it sounds like, I don't know if off the wait list or just when when last saw that there was some space, uh, a couple of people were able to get popped in. But tell, tell us a little bit about how it started. You know, take us through the, the you know, the, the ride and the, the ferry and everything else.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they, they got they got the, uh, the race going. I mean, you know, good, uh, good kind of safety measures, good social distance. Everyone had to have masks. Buses were super spread out. Everyone had their own hotel room for the night before the race, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's put out on the ferry. Uh, so, you know, there's good, uh, good safety measures in place there to get, get the thing underway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we all, we all meet up at the finish. Uh, then you bus down to the start. Mm-hmm. which uh, You get a ferry in, from Kentucky, Hickman, uh, Hickman Ferry in Kentucky. You get that over to uh, Dorena Landing in um, Missouri. And then uh, Laz lights his cigarette, as with most of his races, <laughs> and you all walk back onto the ferry.
0: So how long, how long are you in Missouri? How long are you off the ferry for? Oh, you're off the ferry for,
1: I'm going to say, I don't know, five to ten minutes. Now. <laughs> you basically walk off the ferry, walk up onto the bank there, enough to get into Missouri. And then you uh, turn around once he's lit the cigarette as the race starts. And everyone walks back onto the ferry, and you head back to Kentucky. <laughs> so, so you'll get a
0: free—you'll uh, get a free fifteen minutes or twenty minutes or so. Yeah, at the yeah, start, yeah,
1: free probably three quarters of a mile. In the place. <laughs> uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, so that was that was kind of a fun start, and it was a you know it was a nice morning. It wasn't too hot yet. Seven thirty in the morning. Um, you know, everyone's looking kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Little do they know what's waiting for them out there. So the ferry docks
0: in uh, in Kentucky, and and people start just running right off the ferry.
1: I wish I could tell you I was actually in the porter party at that point. So <laughs> when I uh, when I came out of the loo, everyone was gone. I could see them out the road, so I uh, got out of the uh, the John, as they say, and uh, charged off up, up the road. Ran through a bit of the crowds, kind of mixed in with a few people. And yeah, it just got going. And at that point, you're just like, what on earth have I done here? This is like, why why have I chosen to do this to myself? And uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. You're in. The adventure has begun. So you're starting at 7.30 in the morning. And I know your
0: plan was to try to get on kind of a night schedule. And what, yeah. what that involved was running kind of as long as you could go into the evening and maybe taking a quick nap and then kind of trying to fight your way through the next day until you could you know basically sleep at some point during the day and then wake up and start running at night so i know your first your first 12 hours you 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 guys check in every 12 hours your first 12 hours you got through about 45
1: miles 46 miles or so 45 46 miles yeah i um just came off the detour off a bit of a highway and i was heading towards the uh fire station at dresden i think it was they have like a road angel set up there in the fire station so, yeah, about 46 miles, I think, uh, you know, I felt felt really good. I mean, obviously, it's early. I'd run through the heat of the day, and actually, it wasn't that bad. Uh, I took a small umbrella with me to kind of shade myself. Um, you know, I'd been good, like, running into gas stations to get uh, Gatorade and stuff. I had a reasonable pace, met a bunch of people, you know, chatted to people as I was running. Um, you know, one of the, the kind of things that I kind of had to get used to early on, though, was... I think within the first probably 20 miles, I'd already had four dog attacks. You know, these little dogs coming after me, teeth bared. Um, You know, I thought this was something that happened later in the race, but yeah, I mean, some of these angry little dogs coming after me, (laughs) teeth out. Um, You know, I would read about this in some race reports. I thought it sounds kind of funny, but when it's happening to you, it's like, you know, these weren't big dogs, maybe, you know, 20, 30 pounds, but teeth bared, they look pretty scary. Right. so yeah, just kind of kind of hammering along, chatting to people, trying to get into like a decent rhythm, but also getting used to running by the side of the road with no shoulder and like some big trucks going past. I mean, also getting used to roadkill on the road. I mean, this stuff stinks. I mean, it's just unbelievable. These dead armadillos and, and other creatures is so smelly. <laughs> and then I think you get to about 20 miles or so, maybe slightly over, and there's like a meat rendering plant. I mean, that is one of the worst smells. I mean, honestly, I almost threw up like six times uh, every time I caught a whiff of these things. Oh, it and was it's, so bad.
0: And it's got to be almost 90 degrees by that time.
1: Oh, yeah. By this stage, it's well into the 90s. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is probably, yeah, 20 miles. So, yeah, this is like around probably noon, maybe a little after, but it absolutely stinks. Uh, yeah. And then you just like just getting into this groove of running by the side of the road, trucks hammering past.
0: Yeah, tell us about what what are the roads like? Uh, I mean, are these like two lane highways?
1: Are they multi-lane highways? A whole mixture from like, you know, small country roads to multi-lane highways, like big ass highways. Wow. Big trucks rumbling along. The the thing, the big highways are actually kind of fine because they mostly have like a really big shoulder. Right kind of roads where cars drive fast and trucks drive fast and there's no there's no shoulder and you're basically running in the rumble strip <sighs> um you know you try not to but when these things come past you've got to get over and um you know the rumble strip's no fun no um, you know running in the grass isn't a great option either they have these little burrowing spiders there called chiggers that basically get under your skin and apparently lay eggs mm-hmm. so you're terrified of that mm-hmm. and as well so you know i was kind of <laughs> dreading the potential uh insect nightmare that might occur there Eich. but uh, yeah just i spent the first probably kind of 12 hours 24 hours just trying to get in some groove and it was nice at about a 12 hour mark when the temperature started to go down
0: right and, right
1: um, i definitely felt good to get out of the heat of the day
0: so you got through those first 12 hours you were in i think like third or fourth place at that point um and uh so you know, at what point did you start getting to the point where you needed to take a nap? I mean, I, I know you're not a big, uh, stay up for 24 straight hours type of person, which I was, I was advocating that you kind of stay up until like 30 hours, but, uh, that wasn't going to happen. So yeah. How, how did you, how did you manage your sleep schedule at that point?
1: Yeah. I, so, you know, I went, I went through the night all the way through the night and that, that was cool. So went into the uh, Dresden fire station, ate some food, lubed up my feet, um just hung out in there a little bit, just kind of rested. Uh, and then got going into the night. It was a really nice night, super clear, amazing um stars and and uh the moon eventually popped up, lighting up the road. And this was like country, kind of country roads at this point. So yeah, it kind of went through. It came came up on the um the next town, which was a little a little crazy. I mean, there was a lot of people like buzzing around, driving just out having a bit of a night out. This was where some, some people in a pickup truck kind of pinned me up against a fence and were like, hey, you know, is everything all right? Um, and I was like, yeah. And then I just kind of ran around their truck and kept going. Oh, and then God. I think a little bit after that, probably I'm going to say into the early morning, I found like a, some kind of weird motel where I slept for a couple of hours. Um, I think I grabbed myself some mozzarella sticks from a Sonic.
0: Oh, delicious.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, delicious normally, but when you're dehydrated, <laughs> you're not great. <laughs> I'm going to say it took me a good 30 minutes to eat each one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, found somewhere found somewhere to sleep, got a few hours sleep, and then kind of got going. again. It, it was actually really hard to get onto a proper night schedule. You know, I think the best you could do would be get a few hours in the day out of the sun. Right. Uh, even then, still kind of hard to do if you're trying to be effective with time. Right. So, so you know, I was getting some two hour breaks here and there.
0: Okay. That, that was my next question was, right. How did you work it out in terms of you were taking breaks? Did, were, you, were you lying down for several hours at a time or it, it was just like an hour here, two hours there?
1: It was like a couple of hours at a time. So I'd sort of try and get like a two and a half hour kind of situation going. Try and do that around midday, I guess. So get out of the sun a little bit. Um, and then get going again by you know two thirty three o'clock you'd only have like three hours of hot sun um and then you'd minimize your downtime as well
0: and th- and then you're trying to just put in as many miles at night as you can yeah yeah
1: yeah, that's a theory, but the thing is you know you get going at night and you're kind of feeling a little sleepy, you know your body's kind of adjusting, and then you know after a few days, my feet just hurt right my legs hurt my my quads hurt a little bit, but my feet just hurt from the pounding. I did a reasonably good job of managing my blisters. I was really, really disciplined with looming my feet. Um, you know, and had a uh, ninja socks on. Was really, I really didn't want to get bad blisters. And I got one reasonably bad blister on my right foot, but not not terrible. I was really concerned about getting to the point where I just couldn't move. Because then I knew I was going to have a shocker. You know, I knew that this was going to be an absolute epic. Mm. So I made a made a conscious effort to kind of manage my uh my feet
0: so you were through the first 24 hours you're through about 80 miles you were in fourth place i believe at that point uh the two the eventual uh, men's and women's winner or i should say women's and men's because francesca mucini did win overall by uh, uh just a couple hours over bob hearn uh where the where the two ones out in front and and um I think you were in fourth place after 24 hours, you had 80 miles in. And then after that, it seemed like you settled in over the next couple days of, you know, basically two miles an hour, you know, more or less every 12 hours, you were basically posting somewhere between 45 and 50 miles.
1: Yeah. Or I'm sorry,
0: uh, about 22 to 25 every 12 hours, about 50 miles a day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I felt like, you know, I got into this kind of groove, You know, moving reasonably well, I mean, hurting, but getting a little bit of rest as well. So getting like two or three hours of rest every, you know, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So I really felt like, you know, I had a decent rhythm going at that point, but I was definitely in some pain. And, uh, you know, then there's obviously a lot of messing around, like, you know, looking for places to, you know, refill, get drinks, get food. I really struggled to find anything good to eat. Uh, You know, the gas stations I was going in and you know it was it was slim pickings in there <laughs> I, mean, I had one one piece of pizza that basically i probably had two bites of it and i was just like i can't eat this i ended up finding what worked really well was ice creams i'd go in there and get like two snickers bars two twix bars ice cream bars and just eat those nice. 250 calories a piece yeah um, you plenty know, of sugar some, plenty of fat yeah some like um some kind of smoothies some waffles um stuff like that so eventually i kind of got into a rhythm where i could eat you know some like fig newtons that kind of thing but you know it was it was thin it, it was is. definitely thin i i didn't want to go like the slim jim route that just wasn't wasn't <laughs> you sent us one picture from
0: lunch of uh i think it was a styrofoam plate with like yes. uh, what looked like boiled chicken breast uh you know some creamed corn and some like blended mashed potatoes it was like the the whitest it, it was just like four different things of different shades of white, basically.
1: Yeah, that was that was proper gourmet dining for me on that. <laughs> that was a chicken breast, nicely deep fried. That was some mashed potatoes and then some mixed beans. I'm actually, I think that the mixed beans was the closest that I got to a fruit or vegetable over the five days. Oh, actually, no, it's not true because I did go to Subway a couple of times. Actually, Subway was my gourmet dining. I really, <laughs> I was in Subway, I was like, Give me some cucumber. Give me some pickles, some lettuce, um, extra mayo. What, uh, what was
0: the go-to sandwich? Is are you just getting a veggie, just loaded up with veggies, or no? You want some meat on there?
1: No, I did. I had steak and cheese. Yeah, and, uh, and I had veggie. Uh, I did mix it up a little bit. You know what? <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, Subway was gourmet dining. I do. Uh, yeah, that, that chicken incident with the styrofoam plate, that was that was actually pretty gourmet as well, I gotta say. <laughs> that looked like a truck stop meal. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a few biscuits, biscuit, egg, and biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, that I could not eat that. That was so insanely dry. Uh yeah, dining wasn't I was definitely running a little low on calories. I mean, I did hit Sonic a few times. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, a little bit of Sonic, some milkshakes, uh Limeade from Sonic's was good. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely places to avoid in future <laughs> at the time they
0: worked. So what, what, what surprised you in terms of your gear? What did you have that you kind of decided that you didn't need? And what do you, uh, what do you wish you had brought that you left behind?
1: Well, I think the main, the main thing was it was good to have a spare pair of Ninji socks with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, toothbrush was nice. Um, Desitin, which is like a diaper cream, which is a really, really good lubricant. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll just confirm ultra running lubricant. <laughs> any ideas. Um, so that would that really saved my feet and it, it was really cool. Like listening to some of the veterans, giving some advice, you know, kind of on the bus to the start and just, you know, through the Facebook page and then some, uh, like phone, phone calls. Uh, you know, they definitely talked about like really looking after your feet. And one of the veterans on my bus, Sherry, she was um, really like, she said, just go from one town to the next. Don't worry about the mileage, just worry about getting to the next town. And that was really good because it really like took a lot of the focus off the whole distance. You know, I didn't really have to kind of stress about like, oh, I've got 314 miles to do. I'm, I'm 150 in, so I've still got, you know, X to do. I'm like, it was it was really good just to focus town to town. Sure. It's like running yeah. aid
0: station to aid station in 100.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. Although some of the towns you get there at two in the morning, there's nothing going on there. There's like one gas station with a, maybe doesn't even have a soda machine. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to be pretty careful thinking about where you're going to be through the night. What's going to be open? What do you need? The good thing with the nighttime is it's a lot cooler. So you can run a little bit leaner on fluids. Right. During the daytime, you just cannot do that. You know, like if you're running lean on fluid during the day and it's over hundred degrees, which it is every day, you know, you can end up with a bit of a problem. Right. Right. What did you have with you that
0: you wound up, either throwing out or mailing home or whatever. Cause there were, I know there were some things that you, you decided you didn't yeah. want once you got down there.
1: Yeah. I took some uh, sandals with me cause I was really worried that if I got so blistered that I couldn't really operate in my running shoes, I'd swap into sandals for a mm. little bit. But the problem there was that the one main blister I got was right on my foot pad and uh, you know, the ball of my foot mm-hmm. and that was kind of in a real bad place for the, for the, um, for the sandal. Mm. So and I wasn't sure if it was making it worse. It, it did hurt a little bit, but then it hurt in my shoes. because so I did walk in the sandals for a bit. So eventually I was just like, I can't take the risk. I've got to go back into my running shoes. Um So I only did about two miles in the sandals. And I ended ended up mailing them home.
0: Mm-hmm. And is there something that you didn't have that you wish you
1: had had? Nothing really. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I think... You can really travel minimal. I mean, I thought maybe I could take one extra pair of socks with me because putting on a fresh pair of socks felt really nice. Yeah, I'll bet. Felt really, really good. And then after a while, my, my socks were just so disgusting. Yeah. I mean, they smell. I had to throw them out in the end. It was, I thought about washing <laughs> them and, you know, re- <laughs> breathing a second life into them. I just couldn't, couldn't get them clean. I think Brian <laughs> washed them like five times for me. He's like, dude, these socks are done. I was like, all right, fling them. They That's were like they so done. I mean, I got through a brand new pair of hokers. I mean, absolutely, they are wrecked. Wow, There's almost no soul left on them at all. Wow, utterly like gone. Wow, I just hot road. You know, running on a hot road like that just yeah. destroyed my shoes.
0: Wow, wow. So, you, you mentioned that you know you, you kind of needed to kind of plan out in advance what you were doing because it, it it you know depends on when you're getting into a certain town and what might be open. What about sleeping? Did you have your, your sleep schedule or your, you know, the places where you were going to sleep planned out in advance? Or was it a lot of just, you got tired and you came the next place you came upon, that was what you hit?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was all like, I just assess how tired I was. And, you know, if I was like a a little tired, I'd be like, no, I just got to push through. And, And a lot of times it would kind of depend on what was coming up. If there was a motel coming up, I'd try and get into that, you know, like, um, some point, so there was just no motel. So I just like Slept on the floor of a gas station one morning, you know, I was like, I can't remember. I think I was heading towards Wartrace and uh, went in this gas station and, I, you know, I saw they had Dunkin' Donuts in there. So I crushed a couple of donuts, had a couple of ice creams, tended to some blisters on the floor in there, and then just had a (laughs) lie down on my pack for about half an hour. And it was good because no one could see me. I was kind of behind the counter on the other side of the gas station. That's kind of funny. Um there was one section when, uh, nighttime section, I came across like a little Road Angel setup where they had like a 60s sun lounger. And I was like, ooh, that looks that looks real nice. So I kind of like camped out. On the, the plastic slats and all? Well, this one had more of a plastic mesh. Oh, it okay. It was of the era, that kind of era. Maybe this was a 70s sun lounger. <laughs> but, uh, but the problem there was it was kind of on the grass and it was super damp. When I woke up, I was freezing cold. It was mm. absolutely cold. Um, And I was all damp and I was starving, hungry, and I was tired. I probably only got like 45 minutes sleep on it. And then, you know, I just kind of got my shit together, got a soda from there, from there, like little setup, grabbed two bags of potato chips and just started hiking off into the night. And then I saw the van of one of the crude runners. I I went past it. And I was like, man, it must be nice to be crude. They're in there in their pajamas having a nice sleep. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know freezing soaking wet having a dry ass bag of potato chips I'm like this is pure and utter misery that was a definite law I was stomping up this hill and I was like this just sucks that was that's definitely one of my low points I was like man in that van in your pj's you know with your little pillow and your teddy bear or whatever that must be so nice
0: uh anyway just so kept- you were you were in uh, like I said I think fourth place after 24 hours and then you kept clicking off those 50-mile days, those those 25-mile, uh, 12-hour stretches. And for the most part, you were in either third place or fourth place for most of the next couple of days. And there were generally one or two runners near you within a mile or two. Sometimes somebody was maybe a mile ahead, sometimes behind. Were you aware of where you were standings-wise and where everyone else was around
1: you? Yeah, a little bit, because you have a check-in sheet every 12 hours. You... Um they have a check-in sheet. You put where you are, you send it in, and it kind of fires back like a little spreadsheet that shows where everyone else is as long as they've checked in. Oh, okay. So you're, that you're was, getting that information. But you could kind of refresh that sheet and see where people were. So, you know, every now and then I refresh it and see where I was. And generally, you know, we're in a few miles of each other. Right. You know, like people kind of got into these little bunches together. Did you run and, with other uh, people? Did you, like, settle into a yeah, pace running with sometimes. people? Yeah, sometimes you'd run with people. You'd bump into them in the middle of the night um especially you know the crude the crude people used at spot to have a vehicle with them you know so you can kind of see this car kind of stopping and waiting and you're like uh you know something is there's someone up ahead uh especially at night time you know you can see this vehicle making all these stops on these longer straight roads um less so with the crude people because sometimes well you know they just sleep by the side of the road there, there was one guy jim jim win hmm. and i was on one section i can't remember the name the exact session but I just saw him sleeping by the side of the road. He was kind of attending to his feet or something. It was, he was actually, he wasn't sleeping. He was just by the side of the road, attending to his feet. It jumped me out of my skin. I just c- came up, him in mean, in the total darkness. Uh, and then we chatted, but yeah, he was like sorting out his blisters, but I think he was ready for a sleep. He said he was going to kind of lie down and catch a little nap in someone's driveway.
0: I think Jim was kind of the only other screwed runner around you. I mean like we said Bob and and Francesco were out front by a good margin. They were both crude and and of the the kind of little group of 5 to 7 people or so that you were kind of mostly battling with over the those few days. I I think most everyone else was crude.
1: Yeah, Rebecca, she was crude and then Joshua Holmes, he was crude as well. So I back and forth with those guys a little bit. It's mm-hmm. kind of nice. I mean super nice crowd i mean you really get a bond with these people as well you know like you're out there suffering it's cool to bump in share a couple of misery stories <laughs> hear each other other up a little bit you know uh highs and lows i mean mostly it was highs for people i mean th- the lows didn't really seem to last that long um you know i guess one section i was kind of cracking along and i was just like you know this really really hurts but don't worry There's only like seven or eight more hours of it before you find someone to take a rest. I was like, seven or eight more hours? Like, that's insane. How can you do this? But, you know, you just keep kind of plodding along, really.
0: Are the crews allowed to kind of road angel you, or are you not really supposed to have any interaction with them?
1: You can only get road angel from like a local. Okay. Um, You know, and the rest is like gas station. The the crew stuff, you can't have anything from from those guys. Right, right. Um, If you get anything from them, then you're considered... uh, Crude. Okay. Yeah, you can't. I guess you, you know, maybe in emergency you might get something, but uh, they, uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. You can't have anything from them. You right. Know? You can't sit in one of their chairs or you know anything like that. Right. Um, but it's still it's still nice to have some people there. You know, just when you're around some long, kind of lonely sections, to know that uh, there's some other people out there with you. How many? times did you
0: stop in like a hotel or something or a motel and how many times did you just lie down on the side of the road or the
1: gas station? I had three stops in a motel, maybe four. Um, and then probably four sit times, just like lying down, you know, like sun lounger floor of the, the gas station. Um, just there was some like bench outside a gas station that was closed at night. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't sleep on any um, driveways or any roadsides. <laughs> I did think that a few times. There was definitely a few times when I was I was rocking along by the roadside, and I was like, "Oh, I just maybe I'll just lie down here." But I was very concerned about getting run over. Sure. You no, know, some unlike some of the bigger like you know roads, the the, the multi lane kind of highways, they have these little side cuts where I'm guessing like police cars go and kind of position themselves to catch people speeding. Right. And I'm like, oh, maybe I could just have a lot of sleep in one of those. And I'm like, just knowing my luck, some like state troopers. Yeah, exactly. Roll. That's all you
0: need is a cop to <laughs> roll over you on the <laughs> way to. <laughs> over my head, you know.
1: Um, but,
0: uh, so are you paying these yeah. these motels by the hour? I mean, you're only there for a couple of hours. You have to take out a yeah, whole night. Yeah,
1: or- they're mostly like 50 or 60 But I think one of them was like 45 bucks. One was like 60 bucks. I mean, at the time, you're just like, I'll pay 60 bucks for two hours sleep, two sure. and a half hours. And, you know, you'd have a shower as well, stuff like that. I mean, there was one when I got caught in this rainstorm, this insane rainstorm. There was this amazing, like, thunder and lightning, crazy going along, you know, on on my way into this town. It was was such an incredible, like, display of, uh, you know, weather. Uh, And then I got into the town... And it started to rain a little bit. So I was like, okay, well, this is cool. I've got my sun umbrella. This is going to work out really nicely for me. So I put up my little umbrella and get under this tree for an extra cover. Well, anyway, you know, the, 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 the rain gets heavier and heavier, and the storm gets worse and worse, <laughs> and it turns into this insane monsoon. I'm just drenched at this point, and I'm miserable at this point because so I'm like, why me? I'm the only runner on this course that is now a drowned rat. <laughs> uh, how did I get this unlucky? I'm out of this race. I'm done. I'm going to go to this hotel. I'm going to dry my shit and then I'm done. So I go to this like sketchy hotel where there's like a car robbery going on. <laughs> and um, my mum's calling me on FaceTime for a chat. I'm like, I really don't want to talk to you right now. So I'm avoiding the call. Um, I'm so angry. I'm like, I'm so completely soaked. This is the worst thing you can do in this race get soaked to the skin like this. You're going to get blistered. The race is going to be over. It's going to be horrible um anyway I got a couple of hours of sleep put my wet kit back on the sun had come out got going again i think i bumped into jim actually on the road he he had said that he managed to be under a uh like gas station or somewhere having some food when the storm was going on <laughs> so i was like oh lucky you um yeah anyway so just got got going along with him and um and just got myself back together that's, that's probably my lowest point really was was the uh the storm incident and that was that was day four day i think it was day four yeah yeah i think so three or four.
0: we i mean it sounds like it was i mean as with any of these kind of big events it sounds like uh it just kind of gets this internal community and everyone just starts helping each other out and kind of pushing each other That's along and
1: great bond between all the people there i mean it's just absolutely amazing people are just rooting for each other yeah you know i mean i guess in some respects it's a race but it's more just like this kind of community journey adventure you know you want everyone to do well and i think that the competitive part of it really is you just want to finish you know you want (laughs) to get to the finish line get it over and done with i remember the last uh morning for me you know i'd been I I went into a motel, got some sleep, planned to have two hours sleep, overslept, had five hours, forgot to set my alarm, woke up, a little bit mad at myself, you know, I've I've got too much sleep, I'm three hours behind. But then I was like, Well, it's three hours you're not yet back. And you got at least you got three hours of sleep. You could have totally overslept, and it could be nine o'clock in the morning, and then you'd really be screwed. Um so I grabbed, I had a a double kind of cheeseburger waiting for me for breakfast. <laughs> Grab that, hit the road, walking down the road, miserable as you like, eating this double cheeseburger. Mm. Um, and then, you know, kind of felt decent. You know, I was moving pretty quick and my feet, my feet didn't really hurt. Like they had hurt before and kind of got going and put on some, some podcasts. Kind of cool, kind of inspirational, really got me moving. I felt like it was very slightly downhill. So I was moving pretty, pretty well one guy pulls over in his truck and he's like, oh, you know, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm Phil Vondra. And he's like, oh, cool, man. He goes, I've been expecting you. He said about nine miles down the road, a road angel thing set up. I was like, sweet. That's something to look forward to in like three hours. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so I get hacking along and it's it's pretty nice countryside here. Nice fields either side of the road. It's a bigger road, but nice, uh, you know, nice kind of um, countryside. And, uh, yeah, I'm rolling along. Eventually, I hit this guy's aid station. I find these two other guys there, Josh and uh, Tom. And uh, they're, they're cool dudes. I mean, they're out of it, though. They've had no sleep, these two. They're, right. they're asking questions and saying things to I'm like, this makes no sense. I, <laughs> these guys have no idea what they're saying. So this uh, this is
0: you're talking about you're on. This is day six. This is the, the final stretch here.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, day, day five, I think this is. So let me ask you, because. Right. Like, like I said, you're you were, you were clicking off these, you know, we're, we're tracking this every 12 hours, which is really the only way we're getting any information and, except when you text us. And, uh, yeah, you're, you know, knocking off 25-mile chunks or so, and, and you're hanging out in third or fourth. And uh, so y- you, you um, basically you were in third place or in basically a virtual tie for third, fourth, fifth, sixth uh, at the end of day four at 250 miles. Or at the, yeah. uh, sorry, at, at the end of four and a half days. Yeah, So that's right. There were, there were, so you, you got 64 miles to go. There's basically yeah. four of you or so within a mile. And then yes. 12 hours later, which is the end, uh, or the, the next morning, you're yeah. suddenly, you're 12 miles behind third place and basically back in eighth. So is that was yeah. that where you had overslept? Is that why you didn't?
1: That's why I overslept. I had okay. three extra hours of sleep there.
0: Right, so, so what time, what time? What time were you planning on waking up and what time did you actually wake up?
1: Um, so I was planning on getting up and moving out of the hotel at 11.30 p.m. Okay. But I ended up getting out of the hotel at t- 2.30 a.m. I got you. Um, so I'd overdone the uh, rest and recovery a little bit.
0: No, but I think that really, I, I mean, I, I i don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seemed like that was really what you needed at that point to really get going. Because yeah. uh, I, I, I was... We, I look back we we were we were texting up here and you know it was like oh that was a that was a rough twelve hours and at that point you know you were still within striking distance of maybe fifth but I, like I said third place was eleven or twelve miles ahead of you um, yeah. and and only had about thirty four miles to go I think I think it was two eighty to two sixty
1: nine. Jim and uh, Jim and Josh. Uh, Josh. Josh Holmes, yeah. They they were I so saw I think it was eleven miles ahead of me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so and, uh, that,
0: that just didn't seem possible with, with only, you know, 30 to 40 miles to go.
1: Yeah, I didn't think it would be possible. I, I wasn't really sure, but I did have my running legs back, you know, and I was like, wow, I can actually run, you know, and, and you know, I kind of bumped into Tom and Josh at this road angel station. Right. And I said to them, you know, I'm just going to find somewhere to sleep in a few hours, get a little bit more sleep. And they said, dude, don't do that. They said, just push to the finish. You've Got to hit the finish now. You know, and I was like, wow, well, if I really push, you know, I can get there like sometime this evening and then I can have a shower and I can have a real bed. <laughs> and that, really, that really fired me up. I was like, shower and bed, you know, and be done with this. I'm like, this is awesome. And then, you know, I got into the Monteagle climb and I just felt so good on that climb because, you know, obviously I do a lot of vert in my my training, you know, around here in the Catskills. And I hadn't really used any climbing legs at all. And got into that and I was like, this feels great. I feel absolutely amazing on this climb. Um, and then got to the top and it was kind of hot and kind of flat and kind of rolling and kind of hard, but, you know, rolled along and rolled along. And then um, I think I really kind of came into my own when we descent to, there's like a three mile descent down into, I think it's Jasper. It's about three or four miles before Kimball and Kimball is about 14 miles before the finish. And then I just started to feel really good uh, to the point where I was like, well, it's really, really hot and you feel really good and you're moving pretty fast you're either going to have a really good finish to this race, or you're going to be on the side of the road with an IV in you. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just kind of kept pushing. uh, Ran with Rebecca a little bit. And, uh, you know, she was was doing all right, but she wasn't feeling super great. And then I just said, I'm just going to take off. Then I took off, and then I just really pushed to the finish from there. Um, And, you know, just felt pretty good all the way after that all the way to the finish which was just a, such an amazing way to finish the race and i i really think a lot of it was down to that 3 hours of oversleeping that's what it seemed like basically a night of sleep
0: yeah yeah
1: it's kind of you know 5 hours is an okay sleep yeah. you know for what it means.
0: So where did you, where did you catch up to Jim and Josh? Because it was hard, you know, everything changed in that 12 hour stretch and we couldn't really track it. It
1: was just outside Kimball. He was with his crew
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, I saw their trucks pull to the side road. I couldn't see him. I think he was kind of in the shade, but I figured that they, that he was there with them. Um, and then I think I had the, uh, the other Tom with me as well for a little bit. Um, he was one of the guys that I met at that road angel station just for Monteagle. Mm-hmm. He was with me for a little bit, and then um, we we both caught up with Jim. I'm going to say about a mile before we crossed the Blue Bridge. So, how far uh, is that from the finish? The Blue Bridge, I think, is eleven.
0: Okay, so yeah, so, okay. That's because absolutely- so looking at the looking at the check-in, so you finished in basically almost exactly five and a half days. You finished about two minutes after the that check-in there.
1: Five hours. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. five hours,
0: five, five days, 12 hours and, and a couple yeah. of minutes at that yeah. point. So everyone else is checking in, you know, in those couple of minutes at that point, Jim was only a mile behind you. His, his, yeah. his check in at that point reads 313. So you had passed him 10, yeah. 10, miles earlier, and he had hung within a mile, basically. Uh, and then it take it took him about two hours to go to the last mile.
1: Yeah, I think he ended up having a sleep on uh, on Sand Mountain.
0: The mile from a mile from the finish.
1: The yeah. I don't think he'd slept for like at that point probably two days. Oh my god. He he, we were going up the climb, and he was, you know, we. So I went past him going over the bridge, and then I had to run into the Dollar General. I needed to get some some Coke and some Gatorade because still, you know, with ten miles to go. I mean, it's three hours, and I'm I was basically out of everything at that point. So I was like, I need to get. You know, I'm close to the finish, but I, you know, I still could have three hours here. So I ran in, grabbed some Gatorade, grabbed some Coke, and I saw him go past me whilst I was in the Dollar General. Then I ran out, saw him, uh, caught up with him, and I was just kind of descending down to start the climb. There's like a lake, a little bit of a descent along the lake, uh, to start the climb up Sand Mountain. Um, and he was a little behind me there. I started to climb up Sand Mountain, and I felt so good on that climb I was just hiking, just. Felt absolutely amazing. Like I was, I was felt so fresh and so good, and uh, was just like you know, crushing the hike up that mountain. There was no real flat spots to run until you kind of got to the top. There was maybe one or two little sections so we you could run a little bit, um, and then got to the top. But Jim, he was he was pretty close behind me on that climb. I think he really pushed hard on on a couple of sections. When I spoke to him, kind of afterwards, he said that he because um, I saw him when I. Um, when I left in my car, I stopped and chatted to him, and um, he said that he'd made a, a real push, like to see, you know, kind of at that point what he could do. Right. Uh, but I think he was seriously um, in sleep deprivation at that point. He was befriending a dog when I saw him. <laughs> chatted to him. He'd, he'd made a a, f- a friend with a, with a local dog. To chatted him too. I think.
0: So I mean, your last twelve hours you know, not only made up an 11 mile deficit on third and, and, you know, passed three or four other people in, in the meantime, uh, but covered 45 miles basically equivalent to your first 12, 12 hours. And, uh, you know, you bookended the, the whole thing with your fastest 12 hour segments, uh, first and, and last, which was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really, you know, when I woke up and I saw how much of a difference there was, it was the 11 miles. I, I just kind of said to myself, well, you know, you've had a good sleep. Um, it's a lot, it's possibly you can't do it, but I was like, just be strong, do the best that you can do, you know, just keep going, uh, run as much as you can, uh, don't do anything stupid, um, and see what happens, you know, because one thing is, I'm pretty sure everyone ahead of me has had no sleep or right. they have just an hour at most. And at that late stage in the race, it's going to be quite, you know, telling, I think on you.
0: Right. Everything gets, uh, um, gets magnified at that point.
1: Yeah. And I really wanted to finish at that point. You know, once I'd spoken to Tom and Josh in that <laughs> Road Angel station, they convinced me, they were like, you need to finish today. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and once I got that in my head, I was like, they're right. I need to be in a hotel, I need to have a shower, I need to eat some real food, um, I need to be done with this. I really <laughs> kind of got the bit between my teeth at that point.
0: Knowing how it turned out like that, and, and like you said, those those five hours there proving kind of crucial for you. Would you, you know, in something, uh, you know, I don't know if you're doing this again, but you're going to be in in Britain, hopefully in in uh, in the winter for for something similar. Would you uh, change your strategy and and build in longer sleep breaks, um, knowing that it it kind of refreshed you?
1: Yeah, I think I think well, with something like the spine race, you know, like um, you don't have to worry about the heat of the day. Sure. You know, like the the thing, the thing, the real thing with uh, you know pole state is. It's so hot. I mean, it's so insanely hot. I mean, I was covered in heat rash. I had oh, yeah. a horrendous heat rash on me and it hurt, you know. Um, just the the heat, you know, I'm really glad I took the umbrella with me. I'd say the umbrella was one of the best things I took. It just kept the sun off me, um, you know, probably underneath there, maybe it was 10 degrees cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a big difference. I think, yeah, definitely at the spine race, I'll be able to schedule sleep breaks a bit better, I think.
0: And you think it'll make them longer?
1: Um, I think if I can sleep the, yeah. the, with like Volsate at the beginning was, even with the breaks that I tried to take to sleep, it was actually kind of hard. I wasn't, you know, it was that like that kind of blend between I hurt too much to sleep. Right. I'm kind of tired enough to sleep, but I hurt too much. Maybe right. I'm not. As you get further into Volsate, you just sleep. Right. You know, you in such a deficit that like you just sleep.
0: Right. You know. Right. What's the first thing you ate after you finished? Um, or I should not say the first thing you ate, but what's the first meal you had when you got back to the hotel that night?
1: When I got back to the hotel, what did I had, I think, I think it was just. Uh, oh, you know what? Yeah, I went to McDonald's actually. <laughs> yeah, you to, did. I went to the drive <laughs> thru and I had a two um, fillet of fish. Yeah, I had two fillet <laughs> of fish, fillet of fish, whatever you call it. Uh, two of those and some fries. And seltzer water, gallons of seltzer water. I could not find seltzer water anywhere in uh, during the race. So that's Actually, not I didn't find it
0: in one place. But that's not something they drink in Tennessee, huh?
1: Not really. No. Um, at least, well, I did find it in one place, but it wasn't it wasn't really available. And I do love seltzer water. Yes, yeah, so I did go to McDonald's. Yeah, and I had some potato chips. Uh, I always like to have potato chips after a race. A sort of a kind of go to. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a little, a little McDonald's. That's awesome. Beautiful. S- nothing, nothing like celebrating with uh, the golden artists, right?
0: <laughs> six people finished within four hours of you. So it really did come in yeah. down to quite a finish. And I think, like I said, uh, I think four of those six were, or, or five of those six, I think there was only one other screwed pr- runner in there. So really quite a performance by you. I got a. You know, really, really crazy, impressive. Not something I would ever want to do, but uh, really amazing.
1: I mean, it, just, it was just a nice way to finish rather than just like an ultimate sufferfest. You know, um, and you know some of the some of that. The, you know, the the daytime was like rolling along with Rebecca and uh, Tom and Jim. You know, um, and two Josh's, Although I didn't see I didn't see the other Josh Holmes because he was he was a bit ahead of his crew uh but you know it was a nice nice little little rolling group hacking along uh you know stopped in a few stores here and there got some stuff called road angel stations yeah it was it was actually it was a good way to finish very very satisfying in terms of it wasn't pure abject misery (laughs) it was actually pretty good fun i think because i got that extra sleep Mm -hmm. and you know just managed to really just Kind of get moving, and I was like, "Shit, I can run again! This is great." I hadn't really been able to run for like two days. Um, so you've been back for about a week, I guess, right? Week, yeah, just just exactly a week. Yeah, yeah.
0: What's uh, what's been bother, or I should say, you know, what part of your body took the worst of it? I mean, is it your feet that have taken the longest to come back around, or is it something else?
1: Yeah, my feet. I did. I had a few blisters, not many. It was there was the one on my on my right foot, kind of on my uh, you know, kind of around by the ball of my foot, mm-hmm. and that was that was kind of bad, but it wasn't terrible. The others, I had a couple other smaller blisters. None of those were terrible. You know, um, the 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 kind of um, you know the the, the the blisters from the heat weren't too bad. I'd say the main thing was sleep deprivation. I mean, sleeping like a machine. Yeah. You know, like nine o'clock in bed, waking up at like seven o'clock. Wow. You absolutely great really good sleeps like you know nine to ten hour sleeps that's awesome um, and I think today is the first day where I felt you know really good I mean I've been out for a couple of runs I got out on the trails tonight five miles 900 feet again on the single track just felt really good you know felt really nice to kind of not be pounding by the side. <laughs> you know, just getting on some, some nice you know gunk single track
0: the legs feel back under you though
1: yeah, the legs feel decent. I mean, I wouldn't want to, to put the hammer down just yet. You sure. know, I wouldn't run fast, but they feel they feel nice for kind of cruising around on trails. That's it's awesome.
0: Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Phil. It's really unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great event. I mean, it's just everything about it is amazing. It's completely... It's nice to step off that boat having no idea what you're doing, um, you know, to be like... Just thinking what am i doing here this is this is absolutely nuts um just stepping totally into the unknown and seeing what happens it's, it's nice to do that yeah. i think it's rare that people do that you know just put themselves in a situation where they have no real idea what the outcome will be
0: right right yeah so-
1: nice to to just you know push yourself to see see how far you can go that's cool and you know like i said just a great bunch of people out there i mean just such an interesting great group of people i mean absolutely hardcore every single one of them
0: that's awesome well phil since you are kind of on the show tonight as more of a guest than a regular co-host uh i think we have not yet had you play desert island picks so i think we might have to have you play a game before you go you up for it oh wow
1: yeah all right all right you can even get uh the any chance to prepare this? One? No, no, no.
0: But you've listened to the shows enough times that I think you yeah. know how it goes by now. We're going to send you to a desert island for a year. You have to bring with you one of each of the following. You have to bring one book, one album, one food, and one beer or beverage of choice. Sundrop, if you so desire. <laughs> <laughs> I really love
1: that Sundrop. That is good.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, what are you bringing to a desert island?
1: All right. So, so, What was first? Uh, take them in any order you want, but uh, book is usually where we start. Book. Well, it's going to be a kind of mainstay of mine, Lord of the Rings. Oh, absolutely. fantastic! I've read it like five times. I could read it another five times. There's absolutely no problems with that. Perfect. Perfect. One album. Uh, one album. Oof! It is probably going to be. That's a tough one. Probably going to be Beatles' White Album. Perfect. I'm I'm an old guy.
0: <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's perfect. One food.
1: Uh, it's gonna be pizza. Yeah, it's the correct answer. No brainer, right? Nope. And one beer. Uh, other half double citrus daydream. Man, that so was easy.
0: you made that so easy. You you Every rattled those it, off like
1: a pro. I know it goes missing. I'm like, I brought the double citrus daydream <laughs> for me. And It's just like I see someone on the other side of the of your party saying. Whoa, this is really good. Who bought this? I'm like, oh, I was going to drink it, me. <laughs> nah, I love it. So good.
0: Phil, thanks so much. This was really cool.
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: So let's get together and run this weekend. Sounds good. You know, Laura's yeah. in town. I do. Yeah. Yes. Good. So we'll That's get cool. we'll get something in this weekend, and then I think we're going to try and record with one of your fellow competitors next week.
1: Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's work on a on a date for that. Sounds good.
0: We'll we'll keep that as a as a secret for now. All right. Thanks so much, Phil. This was really great, and uh, can't wait to share some more miles with you. Thank you to everyone out there for listening. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Broken down and beaten, up. the years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head.
0: I'm not faded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seemed too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I looked about the night sky. the bus feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there
1: I was still young I was still